let me ask you, do you not always know when to stop? There's some of us growing up, we just didn't get that gene. You, know, where you should feel, hey, I should stop talking right now, or I should stop joking right now, I should stop judging right now, I should stop juggling all the things right now. And you know, if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you're like, no, that's never me, you're the person. You're the person we're talking about right now. Actually, all of us have at least one area or another. So I really would tell you with sincerity, if you think, no, I'm, I'm pretty good about knowing when to turn it off, when not, I would just encourage you to really lean in this weekend because you may be in danger of not knowing when to stop. Now, uh, just a, a funny example of this. Uh, growing up, I, I played football all growing up. And, and in high school, football, you know, you had your games on Friday night. So on Thursday, it's a shorter practice just to run through. And if we had all of our stuff taken care of, we got to leave a little bit early. And so we would always go on Thursday night, this place in North Knoxville called Quaker Steak and Lube. Now, we would go there because they had all-you-can-eat wings. And let me tell you right now, they were losing money on us, all right? We went there for game time. That was really the first game of the week right there, all right? And so, but one week, we were, we were deciding we were going to eat the hottest wings they had. So we were just going to work up the list on the, on the hot ones and just see how it went. And you could tell the smart boys from the not-so-smart boys, right? And, and you just kept on going. And you just, one of these moments where I personally just pushed it too far. I grew up in Louisiana, so I was like, oh, this isn't hot. This isn't bad. That's a lie. And so people are dropping off, and there's one more rung. But you could tell, like, it's, it's up there. It's called the Triple Atomic, okay, the Triple Atomic Wings. And I was like, I, I'm going to order some of those. And the guy comes out and he's like, hey, you have to sign this waiver to be able to eat it. And you know what? It doesn't take a lot of wisdom to know. If they want you to sign a legal document pre-eating, just don't eat it. Just don't eat it. I signed it. It comes out. And you can smell it as it's coming out of the kitchen. And they set this down in front of us. It just burns the nostrils. You know what I'm talking about? And you can just tell this isn't edible. This is something you use to clean like carburetors with. Like this is not, this is not something you put in the belly. I did. I pushed it too far. And you know what? I've, I've grown since high school. So what I won't do is push this story too far and tell you about the aftermath of those wings. This is what I won't do. And I'll kick it to my wife, Rachel, to make this spiritual. Counting on you. We'll talk about a different throne, shall we? <laughs> All right, let's just take a minute and pray and invite God into our time together. Lord, we love you. We're so grateful that we get to be in your presence, that you've chosen us for such a time as this. So Holy Spirit, we want to give you permission to expose us to ourselves. We want to know more about you, God. We want to know more about how to walk like you. Would you just transform us in this time together? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, welcome to all of us this weekend at Faith Promise. Whatever campus you're watching from, whether you're at God Behind Bars, online, you're watching later, or maybe you're on vacation and you're tuning in, we are so grateful that you've chosen to stay connected with us over summer. And as we take the summer to recharge, you may go on vacation, we want to remind you we have an amazing online experience. Group leaders, an incredible pastor that want to connect with you and help you stay engaged as we recharge together. When we say welcome home, we really truly believe that this is the place where you can come take a load off, sit down, 
rest and recharge in God's presence together. In this series, we're spending some time talking about the power and the peace that comes from Psalm 23. And we're learning how to recognize, how to know when it's time for a recharge, we need to return to the one in charge. That's right. And let me remind you of the two challenges for this series. We talked about them last week, but we'll hit them every week. The first challenge is to memorize Psalm 23. So it's only six verses. You can do it. Memorize it as a family or as a group. What a great accomplishment this summer. What a great time. Parents, it's pop-up weekend. Let's take some intentionality to memorize that as a family. And the second one, there's so much in Psalm 23, there's no way that we'll be able to cover it all. And so I want to encourage you to join us on the Purpose Podcast where Rach and I and guests will dive more into not only depth and context, but also into application as you follow out your purpose of winning your world. You know, we really do want you to memorize Psalms 23. And it's not so that you can have some more information in your head to spit out. It's because it's powerful to have the word of God in the life that God's called you to live in your purpose. And I want to share with you a testimony of a woman named Nian Cheng. She was being accused by communist China of being a spy. Her husband is dead. She is walking in this difficult time of persecution. She's being tortured. And not one time does she perjure herself. She never admits to doing something wrong because she didn't do something wrong. Where did she find in the most fearful time of her life that kind of grounding, that kind of boldness? And this is what she said of her time in persecution. I was silently reciting to myself the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The man with the tinted spectacles and the man from the, the police department were looking at me thoughtfully. They mistook my silence as a sign of weakening. I knew I had to show courage. In fact, I felt much better having recited the words of the psalm. I had not been so free of fear the whole evening as I was in that moment, standing beside the black jeep, a symbol of repression. I lifted my head and said in a loud and firm voice, I'm not guilty, I have nothing to confess. Can you believe walking in that kind of boldness and power in a terrifying time is available to you too? That's what the word of God does for us. So as we equip ourselves by memorizing Psalm 23, it connects us back to the source that we talked about last weekend. That's right. So let's continue to press into God's power and not ours. Nian said that her oppressors mistook her silence for weakness. And I wonder this in our life. Who do we let set what is weakness and what is power in our lives? Who gets to set that? Who gets to tell you what is weakness and what is power? So let's take a moment and plug back into the 23rd Psalm, Psalms 23, and find application of real power by applying the biblical principles that we see in this passage. Let me read it to us again. In Psalms 23, David writes this, The Lord is my shepherd. I like nothing. He makes me lie down beside, uh, in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, 
and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. There's so much power in this passage we're going to get into this week. Yeah, so we're going to spend our time in verse 2 today. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Now, before we look to actually applying this to our daily lives, I want us to be reminded that we need it. We need the Word of God. And in the beginning, we talked about not knowing when to stop. I would say all of us struggle with having a little bit of awareness when to stop stressing, when to stop working, when to stop texting, when to stop scrolling, when to stop being needed, when to stop being the most important. This is a really big deal. And the question for all of us, not just when to answer, hey, when do I need to stop, but how do I live by hearing the voice of God? When do I rest? Who gets to turn the power off in your life? Turn the power off to work. Turn the power off to worry. Turn the power off to stress. Turn the power off to wondering. We see that David in Psalms 23, that he had given that power to turn it off to God. In, remember in verse 2 it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Listen, God, God loves you too much to force you to make you love him. That's not love if he forced you to do it, right? He, he, he loves you too much. He loves you too much to put a leash on you and lead you and shove you through life that way. You know, Jesus is the only deity, the only person that claims to be God that wants a personal relationship with you, a personal relationship where you let him love and lead you. But when you give him the power of being Lord of your life, that means that he gets to make you lie down like what David said when you need to. Do you let God lay you down? And turn the power off when you need it. I think a lot of us in the room are going to understand this analogy perfectly. Have you ever needed a nap? Like, you need a nap. There's some grown-ups in the room. There are some moments where you just need a snack and a nap. You know what I'm saying? Our kids, they need a nap. And so we tell our children there will be moments throughout the day or if we're staying up later in the evening, you don't get to be awake anymore. You are tired. Your body needs rest. Now, if God were to say that to you, how would you respond? Hey, you don't need to be awake anymore. <laughs> you need to rest. Oftentimes, our response is pride. It comes from a place of thinking really highly of ourselves, our position, how important we are, and too lowly of God, his ability to provide, his majesty, his sovereignty. And that's what happens when we take power out of his hands and we put it in our own we're unable to hear when we need to rest. That's right. I remember whenever JL, our daughter, our first child when she was born, and you know, like whenever they're tiny little babies, and I would hold her in the shower with me. You can't put her in a bathtub. They don't float, apparently. I didn't find that out the hard way. But I'm holding JL. She's a little baby. Came and hold her head up, and, and we're in the shower, and I'm just holding her, and I, I remember I'm praying for her. I'm praying over her. I'm praying for the day. And God just, God just laid this wild revelation on me. God wanted me, I'm holding JL, and I'm just rubbing her back, and the water's uh, uh, just coming onto her, and I'm rubbing her back, and the Lord said, hey, Zach, I just want you to know this, that the disparity between God and me, so God and Zach, 
He said the disparity between God and me is way bigger than the disparity or the difference between me, Zach, and JL. So God is saying the gap between God and Zach is way bigger than the gap between Zach and JL. Now, now this, is, this seems crazy to me because JL is helpless without me. In this moment, she needs me to wash her. She needs me to feed her. By me, mostly Rachel, but I was there sometimes, right? She can't, JL can't even hold her head up at this time. But God wanted me to know that I need him even more than JL needs me. And for me to disagree with that highlights my focus on natural needs more than spiritual needs. It was a real pride check for me. It was a real humility check. But God wanted me to know that I need him more than I realize and that life is better with him leading. Remember, David, who uh, was a king, understood this, understood this way better than I did and even, even do now. Just so that we get it, in Psalms 23:2, it says, David said, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters because David was letting God be the shepherd and David be the sheep. I know it's not easy to rest. I know it's not easy to lay down and let Jesus lead, but it is what is best for us. So the question is, are we willing to do that? You know, David probably wrote Psalm 23 when he was king, but we miss out on some context from this scripture because David was a shepherd when he was younger. And we're not shepherds, so don't, we, don't, we don't really know a lot about sheep, but there's some things that they need before they're going to lay down. They have to have four conditions met or they won't rest. First, we need to know that they're really timid, and so they're not going to lay down if they're afraid. They're social animals, so if there's any friction within the herd, they're not going to lay down. They won't lay down if there's flies or parasites that are troubling them. And they're not going to lay down if they're anxious or if they're hungry for food. So for sheep, rest comes when the shepherd has dealt with fear, friction, flies, and famine. And I don't know if you remember this, but the word tells us that we are sheep and God is the good shepherd. So who is handling those things in your life? I mean, it's a great, this, this is huge. This is, this is big. Really press into this. Who has the power in your life to turn off fear? When you're scared of something, when you're concerned about something, who in your life has power to say, that's enough? Because if it's you, you're in bad hands. Yeah. Right? Don't you know you well enough to know that? Listen, if, who gets to say that's enough on friction between you and your spouse, between you and your friends, between you and, and your kids? Who gets to say, hey, 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 that's enough. Being right is not worth ruining this relationship. Turn off the friction. Who's it, who is it that gets to turn off the flies, the concern, the annoyance with posts and politics and people disagreeing? Who, who is the one in your life that gets to say, hey, you're living for eternity and not for an election and not for likes. Who gets to turn that off? Or famine, the worry, the concern of, is it enough? Am I enough? Will this be enough? Who gets to lean in and say, hey, listen, you're enough. You're enough because I'm enough and I love you. And the only one who has that kind of power and authority or should is God. But listen, will we give it to him? 
The question for this weekend is simple. It's not easy, but it is simple. Can you give Jesus the power and can you rest in his leading? This is a game changer for our walk with God. And listen, Rachel and I, we get this. We're performers by nature. We're Enneagram threes. We love to go and we love to do well for God and we love to do well for people. But can I just tell you this? No matter how good whatever you are doing is, if you prioritize it over God or if you take the authority of it out of God's hand and put it into your own hands because you want to look a certain way, you want to perform a certain way, then whatever good thing that you are doing has become an idol. So this weekend, let us, please let us give you two things that really can flip the power paradigm in your life and let you be led by the power of the Holy Spirit instead of your power in your life. We know there's more peace, more productivity, and that you can live in power if you'll simply do two things. And so the first thing we want you to do is plug in to God's presence. You need, you are designed to be with God. This is what his word says. There's so many promises about his presence and what he has for us. But James 4.8 is pretty clear that when you come to God, he's going to come near to you. It says to wash your hands, sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. This is a big deal. We have to understand that when we make a choice to lay our life down, lay our worries down, to turn away from the world and turn toward God, he's going to meet us right there. Hey, church, is that how we operate? Are we willing to turn away from the world and come into the presence of God, the source of power? This, that, that, that verse that Rachel just read, James 4, 8, it's, it's massive. We could talk about that for weeks and weeks as well. What a great passage to memorize. I take time every week, and I learned this from my dad, I take time every week to pray for you, sorry, every day to pray for you. And something pretty specific happened this Wednesday I want to tell you about, but let me give you some context on how I pray for you. In Daniel 9.20, when Daniel is interceding for the nation of Israel, he repents for himself and he repents for the people. <clears throat> so in my quiet time, I repent for everything in my life. But then I take time, and this may sound odd to you, but I repent for things in your life. I repent for apathy or for idolatry or for lust or for, uh, for, for uh, wh whatever it might be. I just repent. I ask the Holy Spirit, highlight in me what faith promise is struggling with, what the sheep are being led astray by. And I just pray and intercede and beg God that it would not hold you back. And so I'm asking God to equip you to win your world this Wednesday, and I'm doing that. I do it pretty much every day. And then I was overwhelmed by the feeling that most of us feel like we do not have power, that we feel powerless. And can I just tell you, when I get there, when I feel powerless, it is like clockwork. The reason that I feel powerless is because I have unplugged from the Holy Spirit's power, and I have plugged into manpower. I have plugged into Zach power, working hard, people thinking well of me, yada, 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 whatever it might be, and I'm trying to live my life by that, but I love what Scripture says in Zechariah 4, 6. It says, not by might, not by you working overtime, Dad, not by power, not by you having all the answers, Mom, or, or being there, having all the answers, student, or people liking you, students, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. 
How are we trying to solve our problems? We have to be plugged into the Spirit's power if we want to live, if we want to love, and we want to lead in spiritual ways, which are the ways that matter. Again, parents, it's pop-up weekend. Another year is gone from us discipling our kids. What matters most to them? Remember back in James 4, 8, whenever what Rachel read that promise, if you'll come near to me, I will draw near to you. That's, that's, that's amazing. But then it also says, purify your hands, you sinners. If you got lost in that passage because he called you a sinner, which you are, then that would mean that you're more worried about what you think than what he thinks. And you may have missed the last part that says, do not be double-minded. Man of God, woman of God, you may wonder, why do I feel powerless? Are you living double-minded? Listen, I, I, I don't know about you. Can you think of something, anything, more double-minded than calling Jesus the Lord of your life, but not letting him lead your life? I don't know about you. I, don't, I can't think of something more double-minded than that. We've got to plug ourselves into God's presence. And you can do this in a lot of ways. One way is by prayer. And I encourage you to start your prayer time by posturing yourself in a way that gives God your yes. Before you even say anything, that you simply ask the Holy Spirit to come and that he has your yes, whatever he wants to speak to you. Because prayer is two-way. It's not just you talking to God, throwing everything that you want at him. It's about sitting, listening, receiving from the Lord. He loves you. He wants to be with you. The other thing you can be doing is reading your Bible. This thing, it's real. It's truth. You need it desperately. And it's not about you. This is all about God. And the more that you learn about him and who he is, you're going to learn more about who you are, who you are in relationship to him, how he's going to care for you, how he's going to lead you. You'll be transformed by reading the scripture. It's powerful. Another thing you could be doing is worshiping. You can listen to worship music. You could simply write your worship out. It's just telling God how amazing he is, how wonderful he is. I want you to think about something. There's an, uh, a group. They're called Shane and Shane. Say Shane and Shane. Shane. Let's say it again. Shane and Shane. Shane, Shane. They have a song called Psalm 23. So if you're looking to try and memorize Psalm 23, my encouragement to you is to play it in the car two times a day. Your kids will learn it. They'll learn it faster than you. That's okay. We're all humble, right? You can learn the scripture singing it back to God. You get in God's presence by gathering with other believers in group through serving or listening to other people talk about God, like the Purpose Podcast or reading devotionals and books from people and their testimonies about who God is and what he's done in their life. That's right. And just really quickly, while that's still up there, I just want to tell you, those first three, those should be in your life every day. You should have prayer, Bible, and worship in your daily routine every day. There are studies that show, and let's just talk about on the podcast, babe, but there's shows, or there are studies that show whenever you get the Bible in your life at least four times a week, there is a drastic increase in its impact. In those last two, those should be in your life. I would just stretch you at least once a week group and or serving and resources that are building your knowledge of the Bible. And the second thing, so first we talked about plugging in God's presence. The second thing we want you to do is unplug from the world for a Sabbath. Unplug from the world for a Sabbath. In Le Leviticus 23.3 it says this, there are six days when you may work, 
But the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest, a day of sacred assembly, sacred, focusing on the eternal. You are not to do any work wherever you live. It is a Sabbath to the Lord. Listen, this doesn't have anything to do with being lazy. Even after the Lord created everything, he took a seventh day for rest. It's actually about doing the hard work of trusting God more than you trust yourself. And you may say, oh, well, pastor, I don't have time. Or, or you may even say, I can't afford to take a Sabbath. And humbly, we want to challenge you, you can't afford not to. You don't have time not to honor the Lord with the Sabbath. I want six blessed days instead of seven cursed ones. I don't want to remove God's hand and favor and blessing from my life because I refuse to be obedient. The reason we're so desperate for self-care and we're so anxious is because we have been disobedient. We have not followed the good shepherd and allowed him to create a space for us where we rest. Remember that God loves you. He wants to be with you, but he will also discipline and correct you. Mark 2 says that he didn't create the Sabbath because he wanted you to do something else. He created the Sabbath because you need it. Yeah. Jesus said that. And honestly, if we look around at people who are taking Sabbaths, we'll just take Chick-fil-A, for example. It's working pretty good for Ch Christian chicken. You know, they're still making plenty of money. They're doing just fine. Now, I'm sorry I had to mention it today when you can't go get it. It's a little frustrating, sorry. I know. But I want to know if we're willing to trust God enough with our businesses, with our time and our attention, with our social media. If I can get really all up in your business for just a second. I think some of us need to unplug from our social media. It's the world in your hand. And on your Sabbath, you should delete the app. Stop scrolling. Stop being desperate to disassociate because you're not using it. You say, well, I use the app. I use it to rest, turn my brain off. You use it to disassociate. That's different. Plugging into the eternal is what God's asked us to do, to focus in on God. Are we willing to turn away from the productive things of the world, earthly things, and focus in on God and what he has for us? That's so good. That's challenging. But this is about being obedient. This week, will you please give those two equipping steps your best effort? One, to plug yourself into his presence. And two, unplug from the world for a Sabbath. Do it. During this time of response, you may need to repent. I, I, I know there's plenty of seasons where I need to repent from this right here. Maybe you want to come up and light a candle, make it a commitment to God that the most important thing about your life will be being a light to the world. Maybe you want to take communion. Just during this song, take communion and just remind yourself why the Lord gets all the power in your life. Remember 2 Corinthians 6.20, you were bought with a price. Your life is not your own. And this represents the reason that he gets the power and authority in our life. Or maybe you want to get real obedient today. And you want to go to a cross. And you want to write down the idol. You want to write down whatever it is that is pulling God off the throne of your heart and putting you or a hobby or a desire on it. Maybe you want to go to the cross, write that, stick it to it. Unplug from the world's power and plug into the Holy Spirit power, man of God, woman of God, that you were designed to live by. And you will never live in your purpose and lead your friends and family to the same 
living by your power. We have to have his. What a joy it is to live differently from the world. It is not a punishment when God says, take a break. It's a blessing. Would we look at God's word and be grateful that he gave us, he takes care of us, he loves us, he's a good shepherd. Would you stand with us? We're gonna pray. And as we take time to respond, would you just posture yourself to be obedient? The Holy Spirit has spoken to you. Like Pastor Zach talked about, there are some idols in our lives and they have to go. And we get to go to the cross. We have a good Father who loves us. And when he convicts us, it's not to bring us shame. It's so that we can walk in the abundant life that he died to give us. Lord, we love you. We're so grateful that you are who you say you are, that you're kind and you're gracious and you're merciful. And so we come before you, a people who want to be obedient. We want to rest in you. We know that you take care of all of the famine and all of the annoyances and the flies, that you bring forgiveness into our lives so there's no more friction, that we can trust you no matter what with our finances, with all the things there are to do. We can trust you. It's our piece of heaven that you've asked us to bring to earth, that's what you've asked us to accomplish and not anything else. So Holy Spirit, we posture ourselves to receive, to listen, and to obey. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.